0: Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. We're on self-control, and today we're going to be looking at the second book of Peter, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. The New Living Translation reads, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control and with self-control and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for one another. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The New Life Version reads, Do your best to add holy living to your faith. Then add to this a better understanding. As you have a better understanding, be able to say no when you need to. Do not give up. And as you wait and do not give up, be godlike. As you live godlike, be kind to Christian brothers and love them. If you have all these things and keep growing in them, they will keep you from being of no use and from having no fruit when it comes to knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, the message reads, <coughs> excuse me. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the other. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master, Jesus. There's a lot to unpack in these scriptures, so what we're going to do is we're going to tackle them one point at a time the first point. Although we've been given a measure of faith, we have the responsibility to cultivate it. It's our responsibility. We just can't think God, think that God is going to do everything. We are in partnership with him. Granted, this partnership is him having 99.99999%, right? And our, us having point like 001 that's that's the portion that we bring in the partnership yet God expects us to full heartedly work on our 0.01% or however the percentages work you get what I'm trying to say He does verse 5 demonstrates this more clear I think in both the new life version and in the message version Did you not realize that you have responsibility of building up your faith We are to cultivate that faith. God does it, but we are to to do it too by putting ourselves in position and learning and growing in him and as we study his word. When you know better, you do better. Why is it that we're supposed to grow? Why is it that we're supposed to grow our faith? That comes from verses 6 and 7, which leads us to point 2. The fruit, the fruit of the spirit, is how we actively cultivate our faith and grow into a godlike style or holy lifestyle or holy living. And even though this collection of scriptures written by the Apostle Peter aren't exactly um, outlined as the fruit of the spirit written by the Apostle Paul, you can see the similarities, right? And you can see that the intent that both of the writers had. They make the same argument. Remember that these words written are all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it would, it would make sense, right, that they complement each other. So here we have just, in my opinion, another version of what the uh, fruit of the Spirit is as coined by the Apostle Paul. Peter ends with love. After going through, you know, and if you have patient endurance and patient endurance and you have brotherly affection and da-da-da, then he ends with love. Whereas Paul, he begins with love in Galatians, right? But you see that love is at the foundation for both. Once again, this is not a coincidence. And it is no coincidence that self-control is identified as something that we as sisters and brothers in Christ are to possess, So the question then becomes, why is self-control so important? We've already learned from the Proverbs that it's like a defense around our lives or our hearts. And when we do not walk in it, we open the door to the enemy. God doesn't open that door. We do by not exercising control over ourselves. My family on my father's side, they suffer from alcoholism. Which is essentially what ultimately killed my dad. Most of his brothers had an issue with substance, not substance abuse, but alcohol. Um, It's an addictive streak that runs through that side of the family, particularly on the men's side, I thought, right? And whereas I don't have the issue with alcohol, that addiction manifests itself in my life through shopping. I love to shop. I consider it kind of like a pastime. I get the tingleys when I'm shopping. And I could be shopping for anything. It could be clothes, shoes, purses, makeup, groceries, books, you name it. I can be shopping for myself or I could be shopping for friends. Shopping is my Achilles heel. It is. So that is the area that I have to double over. And exercise strict self-control. Have I always done it? Absolutely not. It's a daily battle with me and just like alcoholics they have to build up their their tolerance uh, in sobriety you know sticking to it and day in and day out and they know who they can go around and when they can go to parties and when they shouldn't go to parties they know what triggers them. For me shopping is the same thing I don't want anything to cater to my addiction but it's interesting how the world is gone and and I see it it's really easy to shop nowadays isn't it you can get anything that you want delivered to your house when I log into my computer just to check my emails there are all these ads of cute clothes and jewelry and all that kind of stuff just easy and then with credit cards, it's easy to buy something and then, you know, worry about the bill later. And God really showed me this is this is just a craft by the enemy. Now, granted, the people who were developing credit cards and, you know, Amazon, people may want to believe that they're the devil, but they're not. Because we know that anything that you make for good, corrupt minds can get involved and the enemy will start working and then it'll turn over to something not good so for people who don't have you know the shopping bug like I do or the addiction like I like to admit you know them logging on their computers and seeing all the ads it's not anything for them but for me as a distraction that's when I have to kick in over gear and work and work on self-control it's, it's something that I've learned to do what is your area most of us have one Something that we need to tighten our belts up on, so to speak. We must learn to trust God and and put him first. And when I think about, you know, a lack of self-control, what it really is, is it's us putting ourselves over God. It's, It's us prioritizing our needs, our wants, our flesh over what God wants. We think that we may know what's right. It could also be a lack of trust because oftentimes, you know, when it it comes to addictions, whatever the type of addiction it is, sometimes you're using that to cope for for something else that maybe you don't want to deal with. And so you perhaps may lack the trust in God that he's going to fix the problem. And so you you self-medicate, you go to drugs, drinking, shopping, you know, I don't shop to cope, but there was one point. When in my early twenties, when I'd feel bad, I'm like, mm, I must, I need to go shopping. You know, retail therapy that we all laugh about. That can be a serious issue for some people, and I know I have to be careful with that. The inability to master self-control over our own desires and wants flies in the face of trusting God. We're not allowing Him to work in our lives, or surrendering. To Him, everything that we have. And that's what He wants us to do. We do not need anything to self-medicate. We need to trust in God and ask Him for help. When we're exercising self-control, we place ourselves in a position to be used by God. Which gets us to the very last verse and point number three. Remember, God has a final plan. And we are a part of that. You are not here by chance. Even if you had a rocky start, as long as you continue to put your trust in God and walk in self-control, you will become the person he destined you to become. But you must do your 0.01% of the partnership. As we work, and I'm using air quotes for work, on our faith, walking in love and patient endurance and self-control, we chip away at our flesh day by day. Getting rid of all the cold that surrounds a diamond, so to speak. You and I are diamonds. And the rough part, you know, God has the chisel and he's chis- chiseling away. But he still expects us to be obedient to his word and learn of him. As we learn of him, it is our, um, we learn of him to impact, right? To impact our, our very being as we learn more of him. Our lives change. Our thought processes change. Our wills and our our wants morph into more of what he wants. I know I find myself praying for family, friends, country, the world, more than what I used to. I used to pray just for me, you know, what I wanted. I'd give God a list of these are the things that I'd want. But now my prayers are simply show me what you would have for me to do. Reveal to me things that I need to work on different prayer not because I'm better it's just because I'm growing in his word so I can see that I'm changing every day and every day I wake up with the intent of doing my 0.01 percent of the partnership most days I fail but remembering that his mercies are new every morning I get up and I try again and again and again and again And I am being changed, and so will you, if you continue to get up to do your part at living a holy, godly life. Being self-controlled is a godly trait, and we are to practice it in everything we do, including caregiving. Have you been called to manage the finances of your loved one? Exercising self-control, perhaps maybe not using the funds for your own gain transferring money over to do what you want to do Um, unless your loved one says that you can do that no you manage their affairs does your family constantly criticize you for the way that you take care of your loved one self-control could be not cursing them out (laughs) what if your family you know members or siblings have allowed you to take on the sole responsibility of care? burden of caregiving, whereas they could lend a helping hand, they don't. Self-control could be not getting bitter. You see, self-control plays in everything that we do, or it should play in everything that we do. We don't want to be defenseless. We don't want to look like the world. We want the world to see Christ in us. Self-control is in everything that we do as daughters and children of God. And so today, let's get that much more closer to walking in self-control. Let's pray. Our God and our Lord, we come before you acknowledging that sometimes we don't live up to that .01% of the partnership. You do so much, and you've given us what you know that we can do, and yet sometimes we are wayward and disobedient, and we don't. And so we come asking for forgiveness because it is our greatest desire, Lord, to honor you with our lives. Today, you showed us in your word another way of walking in the fruit of the spirit, to walk in patient endurance, to have brotherly affection for one another and to walk in self-control. You know the things that we experience and you also know those areas that we are particularly weak in. Show us how to bind those in the name of Jesus so that they no longer have that power over us. Whether it be shopping, whether it be um, needing a drink at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day or if it's some other kind of substance abuse, maybe it's TV watching, maybe it's news, whatever it is, Lord. Reveal it to us, and then help us identify how we can stop it, because we do want our lives to bring honor and glory to you. Help those who are caregiving, Father, that they walk in self-control of the various scenarios that we talked about you know the struggles that they're going through maybe being the sole person being responsible and not having any help whereas there are people who could help but they do not help them to not grow bitter but to continually show that brotherly affection help them to not give up in doing good but knowing that they will reap a reward as long as they continue to put their trust in you. Help them to manage the finances above reproach not being tempted, not succumbing to the temptation Lord of you know, siphoning off from others there's all sorts of ways that if we drop our guard of walking in self control that the enemy can come and take over and we ask Father that you help us to not allow that to happen surround them with people of encouragement who assist them in walking in self-control as you've done for me we love you and we want you to be glorified in this season of caregiving thank you for being our help and for being a loving god in jesus name we pray amen all right dear dear sweet podcast family go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of jesus i'll see you tomorrow